Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Critical thinkers, ladies and gentlemen, are always willing to address the elephant in the room. Great all exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOldJay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned in to the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get to use those personal initiative. What? Yes, personal initiative. That is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself. It's going to make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And then we put all this together. We organize this for you and put into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella. It is one unified philosophy, and we call it work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is how to have uncomfortable conversations. So you can't believe that I never actually did a full episode on this particular topic, but this is something that I have touched on in different aspects. I've touched on this in different aspects so many times over the years, but I surprised myself when I was looking through and realized that I had never actually done this as a topic to itself. So that's what we're going to do here today. But before we get into that, let me tell you about it. I have a daily motivation text message that I send out for free to everyone who's in my text community. So other than the fact that maybe you don't have a phone, there's no reason why you should not be getting my daily motivation text straight to your phone. It's just one text. It's not a paragraph. It's not several texts. One text every morning. I send out to everyone in my text community. This message is guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point. So why would you not want that? You I mean, you already listened to the show. So you might as well get it by texting me at my number, which is 305-384-6894. And every day when I send that message out, because you're in my text community, and only because you're in my text community, you'll be getting that message in. If you are ever so inclined, you can actually respond to me at that number and I will actually text you back because every day I actually take time and go through my text messages and see if anybody said anything that I should respond to. And I go through and I respond to people. So anybody who's in my text community, they will tell you that I do actually write them back depending on what they say. All right. Now, let's get into the topic here today, which is, again, how to have uncomfortable conversations. It is said that the quality of a man's life And when I say man, I mean human, not just males. Quality of a man's life has a linear relationship to the number and the depth of uncomfortable conversations that that person is willing to have and that they actually have. I should add that too. You got to be willing to have them and you got to actually have them. 
And I have found this to be very true because I have enough life experience at 40 years of age, enough life experience, whether it was through just neighborhood personal engagements with just in random individuals I come across, being an athlete and playing on a team sport where anytime you're around the same group of people all the time on a team and sports, there are going to be things that need to be said that either get said or they don't get said or they kind of get danced around. And that leads to issues within any team. And every team has issues at some point in business. The exact same thing happens. And just dealing with you no know, just people, period, on any level and anything that you do. Human beings, we are social creatures. So we are going to all be dealing with people. Some people deal with people more often than others and some are do it better than others. But I found this to be very true because I've also found in the fact that I'm going to be talking about this, many people will do anything to avoid uncomfortable conversations or they will kind of touch on a topic that could make people uncomfortable or makes them uncomfortable, but they touch on it or they kind of walk around the topic. They dance around the topic. And that frustrates and annoys me because I see people doing it and I get annoyed when I see people doing it is if that person involves me. So if I'm not involves me, but if that person is part of a group that I'm a part of, then I personally, I'm the type of person who's not even going to allow that to happen. And anybody who knows me, or even if you don't know me and you listen to the show, you might have, an, you might have the inclination that I'm that type of individual. That if I'm on a team, and this happened many times in sports, and I'll probably give you some examples here today, but this also happens in business and it just happens in personal relationships. And I've given some examples. I've talked about this actually several times here on this show. I've given you examples, but I probably will bring up some here today, some that I may have talked about before and some that I haven't, where there's a conversation that needs to be had amongst people in a certain group, but nobody in that group is actually bringing the thing up. Nobody's addressing the thing that needs to be addressed, or if they're addressing it, they're kind of like halfway addressing it and sideways addressing it. And honestly, most of the people who I know, most of them are not the type of people who go straight into an uncomfortable conversation or directly address something that they know is going to make somebody else uncomfortable or that even makes them personally uncomfortable. And I have found that the most successful people who I know, and these are not the same people, the most successful people I know and know of are usually the ones who are most willing to have uncomfortable engagements. So let's talk about that. And let's talk about how you can actually start doing this. I'm going to give you some points on how you can become more willing and able to have uncomfortable conversations that either make you uncomfortable or you have a feeling that it might make whoever you're talking to or listening to uncomfortable. I mean, just here on this show, I bring up topics that a lot of people are uncomfortable talking about, especially people who have audiences or people who have followings or you have a significant number of people listening to or watching you. And especially with this right here, like something like in the podcasting space where you never know who's listening to you, right? You never know who's listening. You never know who's watching. One of the interesting things about having an audience on the internet is you have no idea who exactly is looking at your stuff because, yeah, people can leave comments, but 99% of people who consume your stuff don't leave comments. Right? So you don't really know who's listening or what impression they're getting of it. And I know I have a very eclectic audience coming from my background as an athlete. You know, I played sports, so I got some sports people in here, some people who knew me from when I was playing. Then I have sports people who follow me because you're in the sports world now. Maybe you're playing or you're coaching or training right now, or maybe you're a parent or you're adjacent to someone who's in the sports world. So that is what drew you in. Then I have people who are in the business world and you're getting the stuff that's related to business for this. Or maybe you're looking for some mindset stuff and you came across me because of some mindset thing. Or maybe you heard me on somebody else's show, whatever their show was about. And you came in through that, or maybe you were just Googling 
or searching through the podcast app, you came across me with that. So I have a very wide ranging audience, young, old, male, female, sports, business, mindset, random people, maybe people who know me personally. And I talk about topics that I know. I absolutely know for sure that when I talk about this topic, guaranteed some people are going to be uncomfortable with it. Some people are not going to like my perspective. Some people are not going to like my opinion. Some people are not going to like what I say. And this is one of the things that I've said when I talked about being a thought leader. If you're going to get into the thought leadership space, and those of you who don't know what that means, thought leadership just means you are a person who is looked at as someone who is offering you're offering some ideas and perspectives and insights into a topic that is different from somebody else out there. So you're leading by going out there first with these ideas. I know that in my position here that sometimes I'm going to say some things and not everybody's going to agree with. But at the same time, I always strive to make sure that I make sure I explain to you the framework behind why I'm saying what I'm saying. So even if you don't agree with me, ultimately, you can still respect the way that I came about my points which people have actually said that to me. And I, I take that as a compliment. Even if you disagree with me, you can at least respect the way that I came to what I came to. So let's talk about this here today with all that introduction out of the way, how to have uncomfortable conversations. Point number one, stop avoiding them. Number one tip, this is not even a tip, number one instruction, because a tip is something you could take or leave, but this is an instruction. If you want to get better at having uncomfortable conversations, you got to stop avoiding uncomfortable conversations. When there's something that you know needs to be addressed, you have to actually address it not halfway address it, not kind of address it, not hope that somebody else brings it up first. You have to actually address the thing that is in front of you. I heard 50 Cent. Everybody knows who 50 Cent is, right? The rapper. He wrote one of my favorite books. Well, he co-wrote one of my favorite books called The 50th Law that was written by him and Robert Greene. And that book is all about how you deal with and dealing with fear. And it was a video. It was actually wasn't in the book, but it was in the video. Actually, he talks about it a lot in the book, but the place I first well, I heard him say it directly was video on YouTube and it wasn't by 50 Cent, but, you know, 50's got a bunch of stuff out there. And he talks about how when he got shot back in the year 2000, he gets shot when he was about to put his first album out. And he talks about how after that shooting, he realized that he was dealing with fear because he had gotten shot. I mean, what else could you be afraid of that's worse than actually losing your life? And after he got shot, he realized that he had a choice that he could either take the fear of getting shot and that could cause him to be fearful for the rest of his life of everything, or he could go the opposite direction and just not be afraid of anything. And he could become the type of person who, instead of avoiding situations, he could just address them directly and go straight towards them. And I think we can all agree, even if you don't listen to rap music, I think we can agree from his public persona that 50 Cent kind of went the other, he chose the latter to be that kind of person just goes directly towards things and addresses them instead of trying to avoid them. And that's what I'm telling you here today. Now, you don't have to get shot to do this. You can just choose to do it. When there is something that needs to be addressed, address it. That's the simple point here. Don't try to act like the thing is not there. Don't try to avoid it. Don't hope that it just disappears and goes away. Don't hope that somebody else brings it up first. You be the one who brings it up and addresses that thing. This is what leaders do. And this show is for leaders, people either who are in leadership positions or you are on your way to a leadership position. You're building yourself up to be a leader. One of the ways that you become a leader is not about you having a job title or number of followers or a corner office or making a certain amount of money. It's about what you do. It's about how you conduct and carry yourself. And leaders, what makes you a leader is the fact that you go first. The leader goes first. That's why the fourth principle of this, the working game philosophy is personal initiative, going and making things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. So when you know and everybody else in the room knows hey, uh, we need to address this thing right here that nobody's talking about. The leader is the one who takes initiative and you go first and bring it up and get everybody else to talk about it. 
And this is something that I've learned because I've been in leadership positions in many situations in my life. I've learned that when I go first and I address something that is like that, that thing that everybody is already thinking about, but nobody's actually saying anything. When I address it, here's what usually happens. Everybody has something to say on the topic, which means everybody was already thinking about it and everybody already has something to say. It's just nobody wanted to be the one to bring it up first, but nobody is ignorant of the subject. Everybody knows what's going on. Everybody knows this is a thing we need to talk about, but nobody wants to be the one who brings it up. When I bring it up, then all of a sudden the floodgates open and everybody has something to say. And I always think to myself, and I've learned to reconcile this question, but I've always thought to myself, okay, everybody clearly has something to say about this. So all y'all were thinking about it. Why didn't anybody say anything? But now I have realized, as I just explained to you so far in this episode, most people just don't want to be that individual. Most people don't want to lead. They don't want the responsibility of leadership because what comes with the responsibility of leadership is the blame for anything that doesn't go the way that no, whatever you led people into doesn't go right. So if that conversation that you start, that thing that nobody's talking about, but you address it, if people end up with hurt feelings through that conversation, with, and this will happen, folks, if people end up with hurt feelings, guess who they're going to blame? Even though you're not, you might not be the one who says something to hurt their feelings, they're going to blame you because you're the one who brought it up. See, y'all, you could have just kept quiet and not said anything. Everybody could have just kept ignoring the thing because you brought it up. And then you got the other three people in the group talking. And then person two says something to person three and they get mad at each other. Person two or three might be mad at you because you're the one who's forced the conversation to take place. So I'm telling you everything up front. OK, I'm telling you that this is going to happen, that sometimes people will resent you just for bringing up the thing that they've been trying to ignore. But if you're a leader, you can't ignore it because it's your job to bring it up. Everybody with me here? So. It doesn't work to act like the thing's not there, avoiding it, hoping that it goes away or hoping that somebody else brings it up first. If you consider yourself to be a leader, that's not even in your vocabulary. And none of those actually work, nor do they make you a better individual, nor do they make you a stronger individual, and nor do they make you a leader. What they do is make you a follower. So you can start doing this in your personal everyday life more so than in your work life necessarily depending on the subject matter and your position at work or depending on where you work and the kind of work that you do and who you work for and who you might have to answer to who you got to make sure you don't piss off just to you know, keep your job. You might not be able to do this all the time at work. I understand that. So it depends on what environment that you're in. OK, so some work environments and all of you know, if I'm talking about you and you got to kind of weigh what I'm saying here today with a grain of salt when it comes to work, you know that I'm talking about you because some work environments today, this climate actually discourage uncomfortable conversations, depending on the direction of the conversation and encourage other uncomfortable conversations, even when the topic is irrelevant. To what is actually happening in that space. So let me tell you, let me say it exactly as it needs to be said, because all of you know what I'm alluding to here, but I don't have to allude to things here. This is one of the reasons why I have my own platform so I could talk about things directly as they are. And everybody knows what I'm talking about, even when you know what I'm talking about. So for example, depending on where you work right now, uh, especially in places that are corporate or academia, those are two places specifically corporate and academia, because academia is basically run like corporations these days. If you're a person of a certain complexion working in one of these environments today, you're not allowed to hold anybody accountable for anything if they're of a different complexion than you. But you can only listen to them holding you accountable for stuff that you might not have even done. Uh, you might be accountable just for the color of your skin just because you're that color. You didn't do anything. You didn't say anything. You didn't make any mistakes. But because you're that complexion and they're this complexion, they can hold you accountable and you have to listen to them tell you what you've done wrong even though you didn't actually do anything and you got to sit there and take it. And if you say something, you won't have a job next week. Now, somebody tell me I'm lying. Exactly. Point number two. Today's topic, once again, 
is how to have uncomfortable conversations. Number two, address the elephants in the room. I mean, this is what we're talking about here. You must address the elephant in the room. This is something that professional speakers are good at. If you're or anybody who's a salesperson, you need to be good at addressing the elephants in the room. If you're walking into a room to give a sales presentation and you know that there's one big thing that everybody in the room is thinking about when it comes to your product or service or whatever offer you're about to make, and you know they're already thinking about it, don't wait to the end of the presentation to address that elephant because their minds are going to be preoccupied the entire time. Like, all right, now I'm here what this person is saying, but let's get to the elephant. They're waiting for you to address the elephant. Just address the elephant up front because you know that they're thinking about it. So address whatever the elephant is up front. And if you're giving a presentation to other people, you should know what the elephant is. You need to know what they're thinking about before you start talking. That's part of your homework. That's part of doing your homework. If you didn't hear the episode where I talked about doing your homework, that was episode number 1925. Do your homework. Groupthink is usually responsible for people not addressing the most obvious thing in the room, aka the elephant in the room. That's what that means. Those you've never heard that phrase. The most obvious thing in the room is the elephant in the room. And usually when people are not addressing the elephant is because of groupthink. And groupthink is something that can very easily take over any group in which there is no strong leadership and or where the political environment is so strong, the political climate is so strong that you know there are certain things you probably should not address. You personally should not address given the climate there because it might jeopardize your position. And listen, we all got bills. Let's keep it real. So I understand this, but that's why people like me exist. And those of you who are in those environments where you know you shouldn't address certain things because it might threaten your position. All right, you need to support people like me and others like me. There's a bunch of others like me who are talking about these things out loud because if we stop talking and you ain't talking, then all the nonsense that's happening is just going to take over everything. All right, so that's just a side note. We'll talk about that in fuller episodes in the future as I have in the past. Groupthink is usually responsible for this. So in short, what groupthink is, for those of you who never heard the phrase, Groupthink is when people in a group accept or conform to the prevailing ideas of the group without anyone thinking critically or being willing to challenge the group's ideas or conclusions. So groupthink is like if it's seven of us in a group, me, you, and five other people are all in a group together, and the group is coming up with these ideas, and we're saying we're going to do this, this, and this. Now, each one of us as an individual has our own ideas and thoughts and perspectives and opinions, right? But If nobody in the group is willing to say, well, wait a minute, I don't like this idea. How about we think about this? Or what about this? Why don't we not do it that way? How about we do it this way? And you're pushing against what the group, quote unquote, is concluding. Now, that takes a good amount of courage. You got to have a little bit of moxie. You got to have some balls to do that because especially the first person who does it, we call that the first mover. The first person to move and do something like that, you have no idea how the rest of the group is going to respond to you. You have no idea if the rest of the group is going to get angry at you for doing that or if they're going to completely accept it, or they're going to ignore you, or you have no idea what's going to happen. So that's why, again, the leader has to be the one who initiates. All right, there's a cost to leadership, folks. And I'm telling you what it is right here, is that you don't know. You're putting someone on line when you do this. And groupthink usually takes over when everybody in a group is trying to be nice and friendly and accommodating, and or when people are afraid of standing out amongst the group for fear of retribution. That's usually when groupthink takes over. Nobody wants to be the oddball who stands out and says, well, you know what? I don't agree with this. Let's do something different. I'll give you an example. In college, my sophomore year, we were at some tournament that we had traveled to play at. So we're staying at this hotel and the coach gathers up all the players. We weren't doing too well at this point in the season. The coach gathers up all the players, says, come to my hotel room. So all the coaches and all the players are in this hotel room. 
And he hands all of us, I guess he had gotten this, it was like a team building exercise he had got. So he had like a story. He took this, like this short story that was written out, but the short story was broken up into pieces and each piece of the story was on an index card. So we handed everybody in the room an index, all the players that is, an index card. So it was like 15 of us. Each one of us had one index card that has one piece of an entire story. And the coach says, all right, I'm gonna give y'all 10 minutes. And he's still there and watched us. He said, I'm gonna give y'all 10 minutes to piece together the story in order. And then y'all gonna appoint one person to tell me the story based on all of you organizing what the story is. But nobody's allowed to give their card to anybody else. All you can do is you could say what part of the story you got, and then y'all just got to figure it out. And then y'all got to tell me the whole story. Y'all got 10 minutes, go. So in that 10 minutes, few people, the more vocal people start speaking up and saying, well, I got this on my card. And another person says, I have this, I have this. So we started piecing together the entire story, right? So what ends up happening is on this team, actually, I don't think we had any seniors on this team. So our most senior people we had were a couple of juniors. So one of the juniors, he was a guard and another junior who was like a forward. They kind of started running the conversation and they're saying, all right, so as the 10 minutes are coming to a close, they came to all right, this is our story. The story is, and we're putting together the pieces from everybody amongst the room, everybody in the room. All right, the story is this happened, this happened, this happened. And we have this order of the story. And the coach is watching this whole thing take place. And he says, the coach says, okay, y'all, 10 minutes is up. Are y'all ready to tell us the story? And he's watched us kind of do this work together to put the story together. And he says, y'all ready to tell the story? And right before, and the guard, who the junior who was kind of doing most of the talk, he says, yeah, we ready to tell the story. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then a couple of the players, you heard a couple of exasperated exhales. You know, some people, I think they had emphysema at the moment. And I said, wait a minute, before we tell this story and submit this as the answer to the challenge, let me ask a question to everybody in the room. I said, does anybody have anything on their index card that contradicts the story that we are about to submit as our answer? And this is a really good question because what was I doing? I was, this is disconfirming yourself. I talked about this in episode number 846. To have true confidence, you got to learn how to disconfirm yourself. That is when you come to a conclusion and you decide that this is the thing, you got to ask yourself, well, what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong about this? Then what? That's what we call disconfirming. And that's what I was doing by asking this question. I'm saying, wait a minute, let's make sure that we're right here. And let's see, if, does anybody have anything on their card that would disconfirm the solution that we're about to turn in? I asked the question open to everybody in the room. And one of the guys on the team, I believe he was a sophomore, a white guy, more quiet guy. He's one of the guys that didn't speak that often. He spoke up and said, well, I got, and he said something that was on his card. And the thing that was on his card completely tore our entire solution apart. Like if we would knew what he had on his card was what he had on his card, we wouldn't have came to the conclusion that we had come to. And a couple of the juniors, the guys who have been doing most of the talking, they kind of got annoyed with this guy. And they're like, yo, why didn't you say anything? <laughs> you were sitting here listening to us. Why didn't you speak up and say something? And the coach interrupted now because at this point, it's kind of like chaos in the room. And the coach interrupted and said, all right, well, what is it that y'all learned from this experience? And I answered his question. I said, well, what we learned from the experience is that some people in this room need to speak up more often. And in order for them to speak up, because they're not the type of people to kind of interject and interrupt people to speak, they're not going to do that. If everybody else is talking, they're not going to say anything. Some of you in this room need to shut the fuck up. I said that and <laughs> the coach nodded his head and the juniors who had been doing most of the talking, they were in a, a pensive mode. They kind of got quiet and hopefully they got the point. But it was a really good exercise. I always remembered that because it showed me how quickly people will just come to a conclusion without even considering if they might be wrong. And also how other people will just stay completely quiet, even when they know that what they're seeing is not right. That's a microcosm for life right there. What I just said. And I wasn't even planning that. Critical thinkers, ladies and gentlemen. 
are always willing to address the elephant in the room and are naturally against groupthink. Critical thinkers are naturally anti-groupthink. So if you ever find yourself falling victim to groupthink, then you should check your critical thinking. Forget about the group. Just check your own critical thinking because when you know that something is off and you have the courage to speak, then as you know something is off, you need to have the courage to speak. Let's put it that way. In my experience, the more politicized an environment, the more likely groupthink will prevail and the less likely the elephants in the room actually get addressed. And the more likely that you will be penalized or frowned upon for addressing the elephant in the room if you do it out of turn. So in other words, there are some environments where addressing the elephant in the room will actually put you in a worse position. So there are certain places where being a critical thinker is not valued and is not rewarded. It is actually frowned upon and punished. So that's why you got to have the ability to read the room. You got to know where you're at. Okay, so I'm not telling you just take this everywhere and anywhere and just do it without thinking, because, again, everybody has bills. All right. And if you got bills and you work in an environment that's politicized, like I'm describing right here, you already understand this. So I shouldn't even have to tell you this twice. All right? You probably already knew this before we even start talking. So, again, if you're in academia these days, it didn't used to be like this, but academia today. Oh, yeah. Corporate America always. Oh, yeah. Government. Oh, yeah. These are places where this is most prevalent. Those are not the only places, but those are three places that came to mind when I was thinking about this. Moving on to point number three. Today's topic, once again, is how to have uncomfortable conversations. Number three, be honest and transparent and other people will generally reciprocate. Not always, but generally, this is what people do. All right, this is the law of reciprocity. This is wired into us as human beings that when you do something for another person, they want to do something for you. You do something nice for another person, they usually want to do something back. You give somebody a gift, they usually want to give you something back. It's just the law of reciprocity is wired into us. Now, there are exceptions when sometimes people will take advantage of that, but oftentimes they don't. And the universe will pay you back even if that person doesn't. So the law of reciprocity states that we usually want to give people the same thing that they have given to us. Uh, just how it works. So if you do something good for somebody, they want to do something good for you. They want to pay you back. Like they feel like they owe you. When you are honest and transparent with people on the same hand, people will be honest and transparent with you. So when you're willing to have difficult conversations and address topics that make people uncomfortable, other people will get comfortable addressing things. When they see that you're willing to do it and you kind of bear the brunt of going first, they will be willing to speak up on things more often in the future because you as the leader, you will get everyone to feel more open about addressing things that they would usually try to ignore or hope would just go away. And this is what a lot of people do in life. This is hope things go away that need to be addressed. And when you realize what you will realize, rather, is that most people are not uncomfortable with the concept of uncomfortable conversations. They're not uncomfortable with having them. They're just uncomfortable being the one to start the conversation. It's not that they're uncomfortable having the conversation. They'll talk about it as long as you start it. Now, you start it, they'll talk about it. Now, if they got to start it, that's a different conversation. That's a different thing. But once somebody like you gets things going, everybody else will jump in and participate. As I said, once the conversation goes, you'll notice uh, everybody had a lot to say about this. And you're sitting there like, OK, all y'all was just going to sit here and say nothing until somebody brought it up. So the real truth here is many people have a lot that they want to say, share and do in life. This is a metaphor for life that I'm about to say right here. Many people have a lot of things that they want to say, a lot of things they want to share and a lot of things that they want to do. However, they don't have the courage to take the leap and go first. Now, if somebody else goes first, they'll gladly do all the stuff they want to do. But until they see somebody else doing it first, they ain't doing it. So you, leader, you're going to provide them that courage. You're going to represent the courage that they need to have. And this is most people in life. They don't have the courage to go first. But when they see you going first, they will appreciate you for paving the way for them. 
That said, let's recap today's class, which says how to have uncomfortable conversations. It is said that the quality of a life has a linear relationship to the number and depth of uncomfortable conversations that an individual is willing to have. I found this to be very true. And many of you, if you have enough experience, you know it's true as well. So let's talk about it. Point number one, stop avoiding them. When there is something that needs to be addressed, address it. Don't act like it's not there. Don't avoid it. Don't hope that it goes away. And don't hope that somebody else says something first. None of those actually work to deal with the situation. So, and none of them make you a better individual, none of them make you stronger, none of them make you more of a leader. They actually make you weaker because you know you need to say something. Now you're going home, you're driving home, you're looking in the mirror that night and saying to yourself, you know what? I knew I needed to say something, but I didn't say anything. All right, that's just going to beat you up and it's going to cause you to trust yourself less because you knew you needed to say something, but you didn't say anything. How is that going to make you feel good about yourself? It's not. All right, so don't do that. If you find yourself doing that, all right, catch yourself next time and actually speak up and say something. As the saying goes, it only takes 30 seconds of courage sometimes to change your entire life. Point number two, address the elephants in the room. Groupthink is usually responsible for people not addressing the most obvious things. And groupthink is simply when people in a group accept or conform to the prevailing ideas without anybody thinking critically or being willing to challenge other people's ideas and or conclusions. This usually happens as people are just trying to be nice and friendly and accommodating. And it's fine to be a nice, friendly, accommodating individual, but it's also necessary to speak up and say what needs to be said. You can do both at the same time. Uh, you don't have to be a jerk to address things. Addressing things doesn't make you a jerk. Just addressing things makes you somebody who addresses things. And I told you that how objectivity has become the new controversy. So what happens is the scale has swung so far in one direction that being objective nowadays is kind of like you're doing something crazy. I talked about this in episode 1800, how objectivity became the new controversy. Being a person who would just speak up and address the elephant in the room, nowadays you're being quote unquote controversial. And I want to make sure I'm recalibrating the scale for all of you, because if you see too much of this nonsense happening, because there's enough of it that you can see a lot of it, that you start to think something's wrong with you to speak up and just point out an objective truth or something that seems obvious to you, there's nothing wrong with you. All right? What's crazy is everybody else is going the other direction and we have so few leaders, so few people with the courage to actually address things as they are that you seem like it feels like you might be crazy for being objective, but do not let them pull you so far in the wrong direction because this is what society is trying to do to people these days. So let me be the person kind of pushing you back and staying exactly where you're supposed to be. There's nothing wrong with you. Point number three, be honest and transparent and other people will reciprocate. The law of reciprocity states when we do something for somebody, they usually want to do something back to us, right? That's the golden rule. Do unto others as you want others to do unto you because it's wired into us as people. So when you're honest and transparent, people will be more honest and transparent. So you as the leader, you can get everybody else to feel more open about addressing things that they normally would try to ignore or hope went away. And then you'll realize once you do this, that people actually do have a lot to say. They just didn't have the courage to say it first. When you say it first, you become the leader by default and everybody else will follow behind you. It's not about a job title. It's about having the courage and you provide the courage to everybody else through your own example. All that said, text me to get my daily motivation message straight to your phone free of charge every day. My number is 305-384-6894. And go to workonyourgame.net. Get access to my free training. It is called How to Get from Your Six-Figure Level to the Seven-Figure Level. Five things seven-figure businesses do that six-figure businesses do not do. The way to get access to that free of charge training is to go to workonyourgame.net. And at the end of that training, I'll tell you how you can get on call with me. We can talk about how I can help you actually implement the stuff that I'm going to tell you about in that training. That again is at workonyourgame.net. Work on your game. Dre all day.
I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused, and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text, just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number, 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone, free of charge, 305-384-6894.